Hello everyone and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen. And I'm Bob Seska. And I'm Justin Rosario. The Banter Roundtable podcast is brought to you by the Banter Newsletter. We rely on our generous subscribers to keep going, so please support us by signing up for a Banter membership today. You can get a 50% discount when you join the community and you'll get access to all our premium articles and locked archive. You will also be supporting independent, responsible media at a crucial time when our democracy is in peril. Your support is greatly appreciated. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 31 of the Banter Roundtable podcast. Today we have a a special episode for you today. There's going to be no members only podcast because uh, we felt that it was important to discuss the huge um, monumental end of Roe versus Wade ruling by the Supreme Court. This is obviously what everybody is talking about. We're going to be getting into that. Uh, We're also going to be talking about Supreme Court's new ruling on gun restrictions. Also the January 6th hearing this week, uh, Trump's politicization of the DOJ. Uh, Jeffrey Clark's letter to Georgia and Trump's increasingly crazy conspiracy theories that we're hearing all about and um, all of his cronies trying to get pardons for themselves. But we're going to dive straight into what's been going on uh, this week with Roe versus Wade. So the Supreme Court uh, has now officially overturned Roe versus Wade, six votes to three. Uh, This, I believe, could be getting... um, this could be a precedent that could now go into even more restrictions of personal liberties and uh, civil rights. Uh, there was a report that Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas on Friday called for overturning the constitutional rights the courts had affirmed for access to contraceptives and LGBTQ rights in an opinion concurring with the majority to decision to overturn Roe versus Wade. So this is where this all begins. Um, before the show, we were... Uh, discussing this in our in our pre-meeting but um justin i wanted you to 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 weigh in on this you know how bad is this thomas filed a concurring opinion to dobbs yep. calling for a court to consider overturning the right to conception same-sex marriage and privacy in the bedroom yep. which would be you know basically gay sex they want to make that illegal again which is exactly what i've been screaming about for longer than trump's been office oh yeah they're going after obergefell they're going after lawrence they're going after griswold and you know what's insane about that from clarence thomas is under the same 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 exact precedent that they just established they go after fucking loving v virginia and that would be his marriage yeah yep it's like what the fuck you know, I, I get that what they're saying is it's up to the state governments to ban or legalize these things. But as we've seen, how many fucking suckers, how many millions of suckers are easily manipulated by wealthy advertising, wealthy candidates who know how to manipulate suckers? And and so it's it's really about guarding the right itself and circumventing all of that shit the whimsy of the people the whimsy of the times the whimsy of bigotry that's what the supreme court is supposed to be there for that's what the constitution is there for to establish rights that are sacred across the country and aren't subject to political wins political uh uh, trends and things like that 
You know, well, they just the don't. Thing, uh, it's amazing that there are Supreme Court justices who just don't understand the role of the Supreme Court, who don't respect the role of the Supreme Court, who don't respect the idea of judicial review or an evolving constitution that evolves with the times. It, it's just it's maddening. This is dumb fuckery uh, and, and theocracy. And as we've seen it many times through great pain throughout history, civilizations end when the dumb fucks and theocrats take over the muslim world the muslim world was so advanced for hundreds of years creating what we know today as algorithms and algebra and and learning and science and then maga took over yeah and then the <laughs> islamic maga took over exactly yeah, right that, that is what the that's what the like the taliban is is, is islamic maga yeah yeah you know? um yeah. absolutely i mean look like this is it, this is bad the supreme court um ruling is this is i was you know hoping that this might not happen um somehow that the supreme court would see sense on this but obviously it's a trump supreme court this is a this is a far right extremist activist court um, rigged and set up by the GOP and Trump. So yeah, now there are no there, there is no protection for abortion rights, uh, federal protection for abortion rights in America. That has gone, um, and I don't see how we get them back. Yeah, um, we're gonna we really live in two Americas now. Where yeah. in red America, if you're of reproductive age, a reproductive age woman you have fewer rights than women in blue states. Well, let, let's be clear. That's not going to last either because even though the Supreme Court, Alito specifically says in, in this um, decision that they're returning it back to the states and it shouldn't be federal and it shouldn't be, you know, they shouldn't, the federal government shouldn't be the one deciding this. The second, the second that Republicans have control of all three uh, chambers, like so, they have the White House, the House, and the Senate, and they decide to push through a federal ban on abortion. The Supreme Court is going to just flip the switch and say, "It's the will of the people. We can't, we can't get in the way of this. Who are we to say the federal government shouldn't be able to ban abortion? That that they that's exactly what they're going to do. It's going to go from states' rights to states don't have any rights as long as they're controlled by Democrats." They're itching to do this, itching to do it. Yeah, I mean, you know, just want to quickly point out that all of the, the so there are twenty three states um, that are about to ban or severely restrict abortion. Okay, guess how many of them offered paid family leave? Uh, sounds like a big fat zero to me. Yeah, you're correct. Zero, absolutely zero. Right. So this is the pro life part. This is the part. This is the pro life party. Right. This is the pro life Republicans. Who are who are all about family, all about saving children, but yeah, they don't offer you paid family leave. Um, they're constantly voting to restrict um, access to medical care, uh, to expand Medicaid, to give kids access to to give poor kids access to medical care. How how in God's name is this pro life? Other than you know three Supreme Court justices accidentally you know keeling over and dying of unknown causes, right? How how does this change? I mean, honestly, the only way this is going to change is Clarence Thomas keels over and um, uh, Roberts retires. But I don't see that happening. Well, I, I and I believe that the most likely 
opportunity, the most likely possibility for overruling all of this is if women genuinely rise up at being the majority in this country and push for a constitutional amendment. I mean, I think that's the only way that you can overcome this other than following the precedent of there being no Supreme Court precedent, which is what also this decision does. It eliminates that uh, stare decisis, uh, sort of unwritten rule in the court. And so I guess a future court could reverse this. Mm. And it's just a matter of whatever majority is there reverses and reverses and reverses and reverses. So we're in this endless cycle of back and forth from one, you know, court to the next court to the next court. It's almost like executive orders from one president to the next. One president signs an executive order, the next president overturns that executive order. It, nothing, yeah. nothing is permanent other than a constitutional amendment. But you and need the Supreme, the you, you need the Supreme needs, Court, right? I mean, we need to double our efforts to get a, a an equal rights amendment uh, ratified that includes a right to medical privacy. That would cover this unequivocally. Yeah. So this week, so New York, right? Has you can't carry a weapon in um in you can't carry a handgun in New York, but the Supreme Court ruled that this is unconstitutional. Right, that that um, gun rights are extended to you know outside of the house. That you actually you can carry a concealed weapon wherever you have a you basically have a constitutional right to carry a, a concealed weapon wherever you are in, in the country, regardless of the laws, um, regardless of the local laws. So you can carry a gun anywhere. Apparently, the Supreme Court has decided that states can't make the rights about that. Yeah, but no they, states rights for for guns, but states rights for controlling women. It, it, it's a weird, like, it's a very strange week in politics, right? So the Senate has just passed a bipartisan gun bill, okay, which is, which is look, it's, it's got, it's not what, you know, it's, it's definitely not, it doesn't go anywhere near far enough, right? But, you know, enough, um, enough Republicans got on board with this, 15 Republicans, 15 Republicans, including Mitch McConnell, um, go, you know, came to support this measure that would um, that would enhance background checks for gun buyers aged 20, 18 to twenty one. Uh, require for the first time that juvenile records, including mental health records, beginning at age sixteen, be vetted for potentially disqualifying material. This is again according to the New York Times. The bill would provide incentives for states to pass red flag laws that allow guns to be temporarily confiscated from people it deemed by a judge to be too dangerous to possess them. And it would tighten a federal ban on domestic abusers buying firearms and strengthen laws against straw purchasing and trafficking guns. Uh, it also includes hundreds of millions of dollars in funding for mental health programs and to beef up security in school. So, look, you know, there's a decent, there's some decent things in there. It's better than nothing. Um, I, I'm worried about what the Supreme Court's going to do about this. It, 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 you know, this is going to be challenged for sure, right? I, I can't imagine this isn't challenged, and I can't imagine that the Supreme Court, this Supreme Court, is going to vote in favor of it. Which may be why the Republicans decided, yeah, go for it. We'll be the good guys, we'll pass it, and we'll just let the Supreme Court strike it down because they're unaccountable. No one can hold them to any kind of um, accountability, so why not let them do all the heavy work for us? Yeah, right, and this goes to this whole thing now. It seems to me the credibility of the Supreme Court now, uh, as a sort of a um, an impartial uh, body 
responsible for protecting the Constitution. This is this is just meaningless now. The Supreme Court is not is not does not fulfilling the role that it was originally intended to fulfill at all. In any no, way. they're completely political, and they've made it really, really clear that they're political. Like they're not even pretending at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm slightly I'm concerned about that. I mean, this is this is the sort of, this is the sort of mildest gun reform thing that I've I've ever as as someone coming from you know outside of not being born in America, I can tell you that the if this if there were gun massacres at the same scale in, in the UK, um, well, they'd, a they'd, they, they wouldn't be, um, and b they would have dealt with this a long, long, long time ago. They would have did what you know when Australia had a gun, there was a gun massacre, they automatically banned AR-15 style weapons, uh, and and surprise, surprise, there've been no more mass shootings like that in in, in Australia uh, and in New Zealand. Um, so I just you know th- th- this is about as it's really you know it's pathetic. It's a pathetic bill, right? It's a pathetic bill that in when you look at it in context, it's actually not too bad for America, right? This is you're talking about bipartisan action. At least the two sides are somewhat working together and can agree on certain things like mental health, expanding mental health, access to mental health for for, for kids. That's a good idea. But you know, it's not much. And now you have this activist Supreme Court. What else are they going to go for? I don't. You know, there are so many things up on the chopping block that that could that can be sent to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court packed full of Trump appointees and, and extreme conservatives can just essentially um, destroy all progress for the last 60 years in this country. And I don't see, they don't have any incentive to stop. There's no mechanism that can stop them. I mean, I think that if if there's any, if the Democrats in the midterms, you know, if they manage to hold on to, to the House and the Senate and they, and they expand their majority in the Senate by... It, I think they've got to start pushing for this. They need, they need to start stacking the Supreme Court. There's no rule that says um, you can't, you know, there has to be nine justices on the Supreme Court. I say stack it if you can, um, if, you, if you can get the votes. It's do that it. or another 20 years of this. And yeah. look what damage they're doing. Look, da- look how much damage they've done in just, what, two years? Imagine 20 years of this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's frightening. It's you know, frightening. They'll, have, they'll have marital rape legal again in 20 years. The question I have about this is, what if fortunes change demographically and suddenly there are enough votes in, say, uh, just picking a, a state at random here. Let's just say in Texas, the state legislature, let's say Beto O'Rourke becomes governor or some future Democrat becomes governor and they're able to uh, claw back seats in the state legislature enough for majorities. And then suddenly Texas legalizes abortion again. And then that gets challenged by the usual suspects, of course. And that goes to the Supreme Court. This decision basically says that it's up to the states to decide. So what if the states decide we want to legalize abortion now? What if Texas decides we want to legalize abortion now? The Supreme Court, this court, with Sam Alito, would have to uphold that decision. Otherwise, they would have to say, no, they would have to rule that abortion itself is unconstitutional, which... uh, I don't believe they're actually saying that with this decision. I haven't read the whole decision yet. No, they're not. They're not. 
Well, no, they're they're explicitly saying that it's a state's decision, which is why they didn't say it has to be illegal in New York. They can't. They have not said that. But like I said, Republicans want to do a federal ban, and once they do that, they will immediately the Supreme Court will immediately reverse itself and say, "Oh, well, a federal ban, a federal ban on abortions, okay." A federal thing saying that abortion's legal wasn't, but a federal ban, we support that. I, I mm. just cannot imagine they won't immediately do that. Yeah, but likewise, the federal government could pass legislation that legalizes abortion. And in that instance, I think the Supreme Court would overrule that uh, law because, again, they're coming at this from a state's rights point of view it's insane that we're talking about states rights again jesus christ and, and that's as if the, the thing as if the that, civil war didn't adjudicate that but yeah, yeah. And that's the thing right. they, they they get to they get to do it both ways they get to have it's like well it's states rights when it's something we want and we don't believe in states rights when it's something we don't want yeah. and that's they're, they're just using it as a cudgel it's only states rights when it comes to republican the republican agenda everything else is no nah, 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 no states rights we don't believe in states' rights. They've been doing that for years. And now they're just being really aggressive about it. I mean, it is it, again. I think back to your earlier point about you know just living in two different countries. I mean, I, I, like Bob and I are in Maryland, uh, and Justin, you're in Virginia. Virginia is is you know you're in Trump world basically. <laughs> wow. Right? The northern part is safe. The southern part is Trump world. Yeah, but unfortunately, the uh, southern part of Virginia can't do anything without the northern part of Virginia voting with them. So fortunately, there is a bit of a firewall in Virginia. Um, Thank God. You know, I mean, there's always a shot there. I mean, you guys had uh, Ken Cuccinelli in charge as a the uh, attorney general in Virginia there for a while, uh, just a, a guy who is relentlessly obsessed with butt sex and Jesus. abortion and things like that. Maryland is going to be a safe state. Maryland yes. can be a refuge state for reproductive age women, uh, for gay people, for, uh, you know, even going back to what I was saying earlier, even for interracial marriage. Uh, and by the way, I think I said Lawrence earlier re- referring to interracial marriage. I meant loving. I don't know why. Oh, well, that's right. Yeah, yep. yeah. I got those mixed up. So it's yeah, it's loving that uh, that legalized interracial marriage. Mm. But that again, as I said before, that's on the chopping block. If a state legislature and governor decide, well, it's time to end that because it's too woke, then they're going to do it. Right, right. I mean, it, it's it's kind of weird. Like feeling, I do feel kind of safer being in Maryland. Um, and, and in DC, then I, you know, it's, it's strange now that I kind of view, I was trying to explain to somebody, a friend of mine who was saying that America is completely crazy. You guys, it's all guns and, and stripping abortion rights away. And you got all these like MAGA nut jobs. And he said, like, look, if you came to my neighborhood, you'd think you were living in the most progressive liberal European <laughs> city you've ever, <laughs> ever come to in your entire life. Mm-hmm. You, you could not like where I live, it is as liberal as as it gets, right? It's it's a completely different planet to to the rest of the country or to, to you know to to Trump land. Yeah, I mean, um, I could do uh, I could do laps around my apartment complex and never see another white person. I mean, it's you know it's pretty uh, you know melting pot here. Yeah, 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 right, exactly, right. So where you we I effectively live in a separate country. 
you know when you're in dc and it's interesting when the trump people came to dc um you, you know when the trump white house uh, uh started forming and all these people coming in for the the maga project they were just shunned from dc they were in the wrong city you're like you know they couldn't get served at restaurants um you know if you anything to do with there was anti-trump like graffiti all over the all over the city like this is not maga world this is not it, you are live you are literally in a separate reality you're in a completely different reality and that's now america like america is just two different worlds like completely two different planets and i don't see how they reconcile that that's my that's what i've been thinking about recently is that i, I don't really understand how the, these two americas can reconcile i don't know yeah. if remember can. remember the article i wrote last um august about when we went to the concert i took, took lila to that concert and it was um it was just maga everywheres mm. and we were crazy uncomfortable right because it's like you know she, lila's not white and well, I'm Jewish, but I don't look it. But still, I'm surrounded by a whole bunch of people. It's like these people would murder us if they thought they could get away with us, you know, get away with it. You know, the the lead singer of Stained is up on the stage with a shirt that says, I could shit a, bit of pre- a better president. And he's bitching about Biden. Yeah, We're yeah. sitting there like, oh my God, we're in fucking Trump country the guy right from now. Stained? Oh, yeah, it was fucking awful. You know, yeah. Then corn came on and they didn't do that. And it was a great show. We had a great time. But before that, it was just super uncomfortable. It was just all these. And it was a very white audience. Right. Mm. And it was just really super uncomfortable. And it was like we lived in the West End of Alexandria at that point, which is super, super diverse. So we don't we didn't spend a lot of time among white people, among large crowds of white people. And it was just like this is super uncomfortable for us. Now we live in Arlington, which is this part we live in is extremely white and we just went to a blues festival last weekend a couple of blocks up um up the street from us and it was super super white it was all white people just about and there was not a single red hat to be seen there was no one walking around with their gun on their hip and we were just like oh we didn't feel threatened at all Mm. and it really was it's a very it was a completely different type of white people you know, so it's a different, and it's it's like a different country. Yeah, you know? yeah, it is. It, 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 I, I know exactly what you what you mean. This is it is you're living in two separate countries. You know, uh, and I don't again like I, I see this just getting. I'd like to I hope it would get better, but I, I don't see that now. And I think that this latest thing, the the, the overturning of Roe versus Wade, is just it, it's almost like the any chance of civility now is like done. You know, this is like it's a war now. We're in a we're in a war, and I don't. And I'm hoping it, this doesn't mean a physical war, but I really, I really don't want that to be the case. But uh, I don't. I'm not counting that out, and I also think that now the stakes the stakes are incredibly high. Um, I'm hoping that there might be some positive from this, in that this will finally wake Democrats up, and um, for the mid in time for the midterms. And they will get off their couches and go and vote and go and donate and do whatever it takes to ensure that the Democrats uh, retain majorities in the House and the Senate. I think that could be it's probably looking a bit better now because of that. Uh, So we have to take, you know, any positives. Um, But look, also, guys, quickly, I mean, we've also (laughs) we've got to discuss the January 6th hearings as well, because this is all tied in. To what we're talking about, right? We're talking about an extreme right-wing takeover of the country, 
and uh, the hearings this week, again, this is more just more and more evidence, right, that the right is has is there, there is a fascist movement that is growing in power, and Trump was clearly the first stab, the first shot at over you know overturning a democratic election and ter- and converting the instruments of government. Um, the organs of government in the United States into a Trump org, right? Mm-hmm. So we had the January 6th hearing this week, Trump's extreme politicization of the DOJ, which I thought was kind of, that was seemed to be the sort of prevalent theme, right? Was that he tried to get this guy, um, Jeffrey Clark, um, uh, to, so here, this is, this is the report. In the meeting, Trump chastised the acting Attorney General, Jeffrey A. Rosen, for refusing to do more to help him find election fraud. Only hours after hours of argument, partly about the lack of substance behind Mr. Trump's claims of election fraud, but also about the political ramifications for him, if he took action that led to the exodus of top Justice Department officials, did Mr. Trump relent and back off his plan to replace Mr. Rosen with Mr. Clark? Right, this guy is a complete MAGA diehard, right? And he's um, going to jail. Yeah, well, he's going to jail, absolutely, right? And this is, as per the New York Times, at the centre of the plan was a letter drafted by Mr. Clark and another Trump loyalist that they'd hoped to send the state officials in Georgia. The letter falsely asserted that the department had evidence of election fraud that could lead the state to rethink its certification of Joseph R. Biden's junior's victory there. The letter recommended that the state call its legislator into session to study allegations of election fraud and consider naming an alternate slate of electors pledged to Mr. Trump. Where do you even begin with this? Where do you even start with this? Yeah. Right? This is <laughs> this is fucking insane. Right? This is insane that why why are there no criminal proceedings? Right? This they need to stop the hearings now and the DOJ needs to start Investigate well, Garland's going to have a, if Garland decides not to pursue all of this, he's going to have to have a really, really good excuse other than we've never done that before. And it's like, yeah, well, we've never had an insurrection before either. So not like this. So that's not a good excuse. Well, the good he news is, to. is that the good news is, Justin, that he's pursuing it, that there are uh, there is a grand jury impaneled in D.C. that is investigating all of this. They're looking into the fake electors scam. They're uh, issuing subpoenas, including uh, guys like Peter Navarro. They're inside the White House with their investigation at this point. And so um, I'm relatively confident, at least more than I have been in the past, that uh, the Department of Justice, Matthew Graves, uh, the U.S. Attorney in D.C., they're all on top of this. And even if they weren't, there uh, is significant action happening in Fulton County, Georgia. Uh, that particular investigation, Letitia James is uh, picking up the uh, picking up this uh, uh, Save America PAC scam on top of all of it. And so uh, I think we're going to see some serious action by the Department of Justice. Whether that lands on Donald Trump, that's a different story. But I think they're working toward that. Every indication that I've seen has shown that the investigation is leading directly to Donald Trump. How could it not? My God, he was the centerpiece. He, I mean, anyone who knows anything about Donald Trump knows he, how he micromanages everything. I mean, did you see the video that was released by Alex, uh, Alex Holder, the documentarian who's been subpoenaed? They showed video of Donald Trump yesterday on Twitter during the filming of this documentary, uh, futzing with his fucking glass of water. 
on a little table next to his chair as he was being interviewed. Like, uh, should we have the glass of water here? I don't know, but take the thing off of it. No, just get rid of it entirely. Bring the table back, put the water on it, but don't take, put the napkin, take the napkin out from under the walk. Just like, oh my God, he's micromanaging the fucking documentary and where Good the water Lord. is placed next to him. You mean to tell me he wasn't micromanaging this fucking fraud from start to finish? It was entirely his idea. He was just, he had foot soldiers providing him with more concepts. It's like a writer's room where you have a showrunner for a TV series and there are also writers to provide extra uh, creative energy. That's all this was. That's what John Eastman was doing. That's what Jeff Clark was doing. They were just aiding Donald Trump's own homegrown uh, con uh, conspiracy, his own homegrown attempt at election fraud, his own attempt at a coup. So this is a clear and unequivocal. So there's. <laughs> yeah, they that. need to yeah. go after. They need to go after all of the fucking congressmen who were like, oh, I need a pardon. It's like, yeah, OK, well, you, we're Gates. asking for a pardon for a reason. Matt Gates, this dude, this motherfucker. How is he not friend, in jail yet? How is he not in prison? I don't understand this. Um, he was seeking a blanket pardon that would have, would have covered him for pretty much any crime he committed his entire life. Marjorie Taylor Greene had only been sworn in on January 3rd, and already she was asking for a pardon from Trump. She'd only been in office for, what, three days, four days, and already she's begging for help from Donald Trump to bail her out. That gives you an indication of the quality of people uh, the Republicans are electing, as if we didn't, as if we needed more indications. They're not but, sending their best. No. We need, <laughs> Democrats need to wake up. We have to wake up. We have to. Th this is very, very, very serious. Yeah, right? and, the, and the bloody shame of it is a bunch of doofuses are lining up to vote on four dollar a gallon gas. That's what's the insane thing, indicating that we're just nothing but a stupid, selfish society that prioritizes bullshit over serious matters. It's it's so frustrating and disillusioning. It, it, it really is, right? Because any progress has to be, it has to get, how bad does it have to get? It had to get Trump bad. It had to get, you know, 500,000 people died under his watch um, during the pandemic, right? Many of those, many, at least half of that could have been prevented, I believe. Uh, I've seen, you know, figures that showed more people who could, could have been saved had Trump pulled his finger out during the pandemic and done what he was supposed to do and actually led the country. But his shambolic... Um, utterly sort of devoid of any strategic thinking, any intelligence whatsoever, led to one of the greatest cases, you know, greatest episodes of mass death the country's ever seen, right? That was, that's how bad it had to get for the country to go and vote for Joe Biden and get him, get him over the line, right? And yes, Joe Biden won a resounding victory, but it wasn't resounding enough, you know, not in my opinion. Right. The, Donald Trump still won. I think it was, was it 75 million votes. 75 million people voted for this guy <clears throat> after he essentially, you know, killed a quarter of a million people through through his complete incompetence and being impeached for trying to um, uh, a, a bribe a foreign nation to investigate a political opponent, uh, you know. And on top of all the all the RussiaGate stuff, which there was, you know, still considerable amount of evidence that he has ties to the to the Russian government, Russian government, um, that he uh, his campaign was up to their necks in um, in Russian, you know, money, Russian influence, uh, Russian spies, 
But he hated the right people, so they voted for him. 75 million people voted for this guy. Absolutely insane. It's absolutely crazy that we're in this situation. Uh, and, And again, just proof of just how much... You know, this is a real fight. This is a real street fight now for the future of, of, of the country. And I think, you know, this week was particularly brutal, right? You've got Roe versus Wade. You've got the gun, you know, you've got gun laws now. You can carry a gun. The, the Supreme Court protect, now protects your right to carry a gun um, in any state. You've got uh, out in the open, not just in your home. Uh, you've got basically a hearing that is showing in no uncertain terms that there was a a fascist attempt to try and overthrow an election, that Donald Trump was behind it, that he knew, he knew what he was doing. Everybody around him was telling him it was nonsense. It was based on lies, but he did it anyway. He incited a a riot, he incited a coup. And as of yet, nobody's in jail. Nobody, nobody is in jail. I'm hoping that changes. But well, no one in the up, no one in the leadership positions. They have a lot of the moron foot soldiers in jail. Right, right. But you talk, you, you know, you want the 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 actual organizers of this of this thing to, to to be in jail. And I think that if there isn't swift action, right, if the Democrats and the DOJ uh, and the Biden administration don't really 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 pull their finger out and and um and and basically try and stop this kill you know stop this as soon as they can um it's going to grow the problem's going to grow it's going to get worse and worse and worse and it's going to take a concerted effort by by voters by the by the party by all the institutions of government they're going to have to try they're going to have to really understand that there's a serious threat to the system here a serious threat to the future of American democracy and do something about it. Because I don't know, this is, this feels worse than 2016. I don't know. Am I, are you, where do you guys fit in this? Where do you guys feel? Well, it's definitely connected to 20. Yeah. It's definitely connected to 2016. I mean, uh, it's, uh, every election has drawn us closer and closer to this in some way, even with the election of Barack Obama, the Republican reaction to that has dragged us down this fucking horrendous sewage path. And so, uh, yeah, it's all, it's all part of the same narrative. I feel, I, I, I agree that it feels worse because when Trump got elected, we knew it was going to be bad, but we didn't know what shape it was going to be. We didn't know what kind of bad it was going to be, although we had a pretty good, decent idea. We didn't we didn't really know what that was going to look like. And now we know exactly what it's going to look like if he gets in again and if Republicans yeah. take power again. We know exactly what it looks like. We know exactly what they're going to do, and we know exactly how far they're going to go because they keep telling us, and now we know that they mean it. You know, they're, they if they get the, if they, if they get in power again, they're going to ban uh, gay sex. They're going to ban contraception. They're they're going to ban um, same sex marriage. They're going to strip all those rights from people, and they're going to make voting impossible. They're going to openly rig elections. I mean, they tell us this. They they're saying they're going to do this. Some of these Republicans have been running explicitly on platforms of, I will not let Democrats steal quote unquote an election again which is their way of saying i'll make sure they never win it doesn't matter how many votes they get i will guarantee 
they cannot win elections, which is what Bob keeps saying. They're going to get in power and they're going to close the door behind them. And they're they're telling us they're going to do it. And people are still like, I know Republicans are planning on overthrowing the uh, democracy and destroying everything, but fucking gas is expensive. I'm really mad at Joe Biden. So, eh, whatever. And it's like, are, are you stupid? Are you or do you really think it's not going to affect you? And that they're going to make gas prices go lower by punishing Joe Biden? No, they're going to make things worse because that's what Republicans always do. They always make things worse. They've never once in my lifetime have made things better. It's always gotten worse when they're in power. And now they'll only be in power because they'll make sure no one else can get into power. So, wow, what's that going to look like in 10 or 15 years? And then you're going to say, but I want Democrats back. And Republicans are going to say, too bad, fucko. You had your chance and you blew it. <laughs> now it's gone. Yeah. 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 No, this is not a good week, everybody. Uh, sorry to, we're going to end it on, on that note. We, um, you know, obviously this is a huge, huge week in politics again, all for the wrong reasons. Um, hoping there's going to be some light at the end of the tunnel soon. But nothing as of yet. We're still right in the midst of it. Um, it, it, it's bad, uh, but obviously you've got to hope for, for, for better days. And I think now is the time when we all buckle down and come up with plans of action. Um, <sighs> but anyway, guys, uh, great having you, uh, great chatting as always. I'm glad I got my, my crew to talk about these things with. It makes me feel better. I'm hoping that it does, <laughs> does the same. It's like a sharing session, right? Hopefully some of our, our, our listeners, um, I'm going to join Raphael and just start crying. Yeah, Raphael, my son, who um, has been crying all morning. Um, So thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it, and we will be back next week. Thanks so much, guys. Later.